Greetings, ladies and mental gents, and welcome to the one-shot double feature from the subreddit HFY. Both of these stories have been written by LG Father Anthracite. The link to the originals will be down below. And as always, I hope that you enjoy. Story number one. Pride. The door opened, letting in a swirl of orange dust, and a creature that was barely discernible under the heavy gear it was wearing. A brown high cloak covered it from stooped shoulders to just above the floor. The two feet were adorned with thick-soled boots, also made of a brown hide. Above the cloak was a shock of white hair, topped the head, and the rest of it was obscured by a full-face breather mask. The creature closed the door and walked over to the end of the bar. It sat at an empty stool. Two thick arms emerged from under the cloak and pulled the mask up, over the head, and placed it on the bar. Beneath the mask was a grizzled face of a human. His cheeks were jowly and in need of a shave. His eyebrows looked like two snow-white caterpillars, getting ready to fight as they bobbed up and down. He set a small crutch upon the bar and waited patiently for the barkeep. After a moment, the barkeep appeared and the old man muttered the drink order. The barkeep nodded and slithered away, returning a few seconds later with a sturdy brown bottle. It popped the lid and set it down, and picked up the cred chip, and then slithered to the register, where he punched in a few buttons and registered the transfer, and closed the order. A second later, the chip was back in front of the old man. The old man took a sip out of the bottle and smacked his lips, and then tilted it back and drained half the bottle in one go. He took a deep breath, and then seemed physically to relax a little. He continued to sip out of the brown bottle intermediately for several minutes. The door opened again, and several large reptilian greks came into the bar. They sat at a table near the old man, and shouted to the barkeep to bring them new brewed wines. The barkeep set the drinks on a tray and slithered over to the table, and set the drinks down, and slithered back to the bar. The Gracks were loud in their conversation and rude to the barkeep when ordering refills. The old man finished a bottle of his drink and ordered a new round. When one of the Greks shouted for refills, the bartender nodded at them and went to grab the man's beer before filling the Greks' order. The Greek who had called for refills stood up and approached the old man, just as the bartender arrived with his bottle. Forget, old man, my brood wants drinks. The old man looked at the Greek and said, you should sit and wait like a civilized being. The Greek turned to the old man and placed a stubby clawed finger on his chest. Old man should know his place, the Greek pushed the old man's chest, causing him to lean back in his stool. The Greek was turning back to the bartender when the world suddenly slipped upwards. His head slammed into the bar and the old man's hand held him there. Head pinned to the bar, body slammed towards the floor, scrabbling for a purchase. The old man leaned in and whispered in his ear, You should learn some manners. He released the Greg's head and the lizard slammed bodily onto the floor. The old man turned to the drink and said thanks to the bartender, who nodded and pulled out a bottle of brewed wine. The Greg's at the table had seen what happened and were approaching the old man. He sipped his drink and set it down with a sigh. He turned and stood up just as the Greg's arrived to help up their friend. The Greg who fell to the floor stood up in front of the old man. His spinal riches started rising. The old man looked at him in the eyes and said, Is pride worth a broken arm? The Greg hissed at him. The old man shook his head and stood straight. When he wasn't slouched, he was nearly a head taller and his shoulders were wider than the Greg's. He threw back the edges of the high coke, and before any of the Greg's could react, 
he grabbed the angry one's arm and twisted it behind the creature, spinning the grek around in the process and had the lizard man in a hammerlock before the cloak had time to land against his back. Let me tell you kids something because I can tell that you haven't had your first mulch yet. Pride is nothing to get worked up over. Pride is what caused the war between our people. Pride nearly wiped out both of our species. Cost me two goddamn many friends and nightmares. I'll be damned if I don't teach you the lesson about pride. I'm already damned for what your pride made me into. You want to be proud of something, then be proud of how calm and collected you are. Be proud of how you can think before you act. And be proud that you can learn from these mistakes. Be proud that you can resolve these types of situations with words, not fists. Pride and anger will get you killed, and if you aren't careful, those around you may suffer as well. So stand up, be proud that you learned your lesson, and let me buy you the next round to celebrate the lesson learned. The man released the reptile's arm and waved the bartender to put the brood wine on his crate chip. Still sitting on the bar, the grek who caused the incident stood rubbing his shoulder, eyeing the old man. You fought in the Grack Terror War. I did. You sit with us. Teach us more. The old man smiled warmly and picked up his bottle. I would be proud to. End of story one. Story number two. The Remembered. You don't think it can be true, do you? They really don't know why they're there. Look, I wouldn't even begin to guess what they know. They live their whole life in a cage they never even know exist. If they are lucky, they never find out. If we are lucky. It just seems wrong. I mean, who would think that it is okay? Do you understand what one of those things could do? Just one. If it wasn't for absolute last-ish effort, you and I wouldn't even know this place existed. It would be another rumor on the nets if we weren't on the edge of annihilation. The existence of this place would still be a secret buried so deep. You, we need a planetary core tap just to get started. It took an act of galactic government just to discuss this as an option. God only knows how many die before they even thought of this. This just seems wrong. It is. But it's the only way the universe gets to sleep peacefully. I mean, couldn't we? No, for Growl's sake. Shut up. It is hard enough as it is. Let me pilot in peace will you. Steve was walking home from the party at Dave's place. Dave had turned 22 and was throwing a rager while his folks were out of town. Steve had been drinking since about noon and was tired. He decided to take a shortcut through the grazing field, up the fence. It was dark, moonless night and with only the stars to see by. Steve was wondering if he was off course. He felt a stiff breeze which felt good. He looked back and breathed deeply. When he opened his eyes, their stars were gone. Overhead was only blackness. Steve was wondering what happened when a stun round hit him. He was out like a light. Growl, he's so heavy. He looks like he should weigh a few bonds, but he's more than fifty bonds. The gravity here is ridiculous. If you weren't wearing that exosuit, it would crush you to death in about three microcycles. He probably is actually weighs about seventy-five bonds and it's all dense muscle tissue and bone. No hydrobladders or pneumatic systems. It's all mechanical action. Its limbs are so strong that its body has a natural inhibitor to prevent it from ripping itself apart. This thing flexed the limb to hit you. You would be lucky to survive. What? 
Who told you that? Look, I know we're both condemned prisoners, and you don't really care about what happens to you. But I, for one, would like to live as long as possible. So read the briefing. Jeez, man. You were in the military before you deserted. You should understand the importance of intel. Sorry, I'm just nervous. What happens if it wakes up? Pray to growl that it stays out for the whole fright. You finish strapping it in. Use chains. I don't care how heavy they are. Use them. I'm going to turn this bucket around and get us to the target. I'd rather go back to the front lines than stay on a ship with this thing any more than I have to. Steve woke up and everything hurt. His head was pounding and he felt like a pound of cotton in his mouth. But it was actually his tongue. He tried to rub his eyes, but his hand stopped short. He blinked a few times. Where was he? What was going on? Steve cleared his eyes by ducking his head to one side and rubbing them with his hand. Once he got his eyes open, he saw that he was in a white room, and his arms and legs were bound with what looked like thin chains to the floor. He appeared to be wearing some sort of bodysuit, and he sat and he looked around. There was no door, no lights, and even the chains just sort of emerged from the floor. Light emanated from every surface. Hello? Hello? Can some get some water, please? Maybe some aspirin, Steve called out. After several seconds, a small opening seemed to appear in the floor, and a small stand rose out of it. A small spigot began streaming water, which drained out from the top of the stand. Steve bent over to drink the water for nearly a full minute. When he sat back, the water stopped, and it sank back into the floor, disappearing without a trace. Couldn't even feel the seam on the floor where it had happened. Can someone tell me what's going on? Anyone? Hello? What's with the chains? He pulled his out and rattled a little. Anybody? Hello? Please calm yourself. All will be explained, a voice said behind him. Steve turned to look at some sort of nightmare made flesh. It looked like some unholy union of a craptopus and a polar bear. Steve scurried back to the fast as far as the chains would allow. Jesus, Frick, what, what the Frick are you? Steve was pulling on the chains, trying to put more distance between him and the thing that would forever haunt his nightmares. What's going on? Did someone drug me? Am I hallucinating? He pulled on the chains as hard as he could. Please, stop. You'll break the chains and yourself be calm. I mean, you no harm. The chains are there to protect me. Your kind are known to be stronger than any known species, and any one straight gesture could leave me incapacitated. If not dead, I assure you, I mean you no harm. Be calm. The thing waved its furred tentacle at him. Steve kept pulling at the chains for a moment, but the creature came no closer. What's going on? Why am I here? he asked, still as far away with the chains would allow. We require your help. I am Renneth Axel, and I represent the Spiral Arms Coalition. We are a collective of nearly every known intelligent species in the Cygnus Arm of the Galaxy. We are a peaceful group. We have been watching your people for a very long time. We would not normally consider contacting your people, but an emergency has arisen. Invaders from the Scutum Crux Arm are threatening our people. Invaders, we are ill-equipped to deal with. What can I do? I'm just a guy. I'm sure that you have lasers and photon torpedoes and stuff. How could I possibly help? Steve was caught between confusion and panic. He started to breathe deeply, trying to calm himself down. Maybe Dave had slipped something into his beer. It would just be like Dave to dose him with acid or something. 
He was a friend, but he could be a real jerk sometimes. Growl be praised. You don't know. You really have no clue, do you? The creature said. No what? I don't know anything. I'm just a farmhand. I barely made it through high school. Your people, humans, they are the greatest weapon in the history of the galaxy. They were bred over thousands of generations to be unstoppable warriors. Your planet's history contains more bloodshed and war than all of the galaxy. You are the embodiment of destruction. Were it not for the force field between us, the very effluor of your body would infect and destroy your mind in mere days. I would not even be in this room if I were not condemned criminal. That is how likely it is that you will kill me, not even intentionally. Those chains you pull at are some of the densest and strongest we make. There is simply no need for anything stronger, and yet you have nearly broken them twice. As I said, we are a peaceful coalition. We have brought you here to fulfill your purpose. Before we could do that, we felt the need to explain. You are our champion. We felt that you should know. I'm afraid that you will not be going home. I'm sorry. What do you mean I won't be going home? Where will I be? Steve began putting on the chains again. Where am I going? Where? He started to panic. This time, one of the chains snapped. Steve began to putting it at the other one. What's happening? Answer me. We are needed to main our post of the Crooks Invaders. When we arrive, this ship will be boarded and I, along with my crewmate, will most likely be killed right away. You, on the other hand, will prove difficult for the enemy to even injure. On behalf of the spiral arm, allow me to apologize and offer thanks. You will save an unknowing civilization. Never know the glory of the heroic deeds deserve. The creature bowed low. At least that's what Steve thought it was doing. Another opening on the floor at his arm, and a rifle came up through the door. A twenty-two with a stack of ammo and a small sack. The weapon is loaded. It was the lowest power that we could find. But have no fear. It is powerful enough to kill anything that you might encounter. That suit will provide protection against shock rounds and the like. We are landing. I would ready myself if I were you. The chains fell away and Steve grabbed the gun, checking the breech to see if it chambered around. He took the ammo and stuck it in a small sack as it was under the pile, and he pointed the gun at the creature on the other side of the room. But it was already walking out of the opening that it had come through. He took the last box of rounds and dumped them into his pocket and followed the creature out. This is going to make me ill, said the Imperator. One being did this, said the witness. All around him lay in the bodies of the Crux invaders. They were all in some sort of disarray. The lucky ones were pierced with small holes, which seemed to have liquefied a majority of the internals, killing them instantly. Others were covered in lesions, blisters, leaking fluids and other orifices, the seeping waste from everywhere. They found the human clutching the twisted hunk of metal and wood, surrounded by a torn and tattered remains of hundreds upon hundreds of corpses. He was barely breathing when found. The air was too high of chlorine for his kind, but he was dying. But not dead yet. He sat panting as the witness approached. The coalition had demanded that the creature be sent would die, unknown even to friendly forces. But to die without the honor would be just too unjust. The witness would bear the memory of what transpired and pass the knowledge along when the time came. The witness knelt next to the dying man, its exosuit whirring softly. Human, tell me your name. 
My name... My name is Stephen. Stephen, know this. I will remember your service. Your name shall pass down through the history amongst witnesses. Stephen will be remembered alongside all the heroes of Earth. Urkel, Ezekiel, Panos, Helen, Ramirez, Osama, Amadi, and Stephen. You have saved us again. Go now. Rest. The man's eyes closed and his chest stopped moving. He would long be remembered. And that, my friends, is the end of this Reddit quickie. I hope that you enjoyed. Please don't forget to head over to the author's original post and support them if you enjoyed the story. But if you wish to support this channel, there are numerous ways to do so listed down below. The easiest of which would be to share this channel like a zombie plague. Other than that, I'll see you all in the next video, and I hope that you all have a good one until then. Cheers.